Are you ready to start buying rental properties? In today's episode, I'm going to give you the two main pieces that once they're in place, you know you're ready to start buying. Hey, welcome back to Dental to Rental. I'm your host, Mark Brower, helping you on your journey to move from cavities to cash flow. I have 20 years experience as a landlord. I have a company that manages 600 properties for other investor clients, sharing with you some things I've learned along the way to help dentists specifically build their wealth through residential real estate. Today's episode, by the end of this episode, you should be able to more clearly answer the question, am I ready to dive into this journey? You've already decided you're interested in real estate investing. What elements are there in making sure we're ready to take that plunge? Let's get into it. Okay, so am I ready? Two elements of today's show. Number one is resources and another one is mindset. I love talking about mindset. I feel like all of our cumulative experience so far in life, if intersected with the right mindset shift, everything becomes more valuable for us moving forward. So definitely want to get into that. But let's talk about resources first. Am I ready to invest in real estate? What do I need? There's a lot of gurus online that want us to believe that we can do it with no money down, <laughs> no credit, no money down, nothing to your name, start making millions. I don't subscribe to this. I know it's possible. I'm not trying to shame anybody that's spinning that narrative. But I decided a long time ago, and what's worked for me is I'm just going to do this. I'm going to walk right down the middle of the road. I'm not going to be over here on the fringe on this side. I'm not going to be on the fringe of this side. I'm not going to try to, you know, uh, dupe people into putting their property under contract with me when I have zero cash to close it. And as long as I snow them and get them under contract with me, I can spin my position to somebody else and make a quick 10K. I don't want to live in that world. So what we're talking about is tried and true. Uh, legit middle of the road strategy. What resources do I need to get into real estate investing? And two categories, one time, another one money. What time resources do I need? Do I have enough time? Let's, let's call it five hours a week in the beginning, two hours minimum, but closer to five because we, we need to learn things about about this industry. We need to connect with people. We need to build an expert team, which we're going to talk about in another episode. And we need to get familiar with the market. We need to get familiar with the tools like the mortgages and, and we're going to get familiar with contracts. So we need time we need to devote. I would say, do you have five hours a week, two to five hours a week that you can devote to learning, connecting, and building the team and building the resources toward um, making this investment, okay? Initially, your time is gonna be invested in getting smart about mortgage options, smart about the market or markets that you're thinking of investing in, connecting with uh, real estate agents, uh, pro tip, find a real estate agent that's also a property manager, that's also trustworthy, some rare air there sometimes, 
And then, uh, you know, th those are the first things you're going to start doing. And then eventually, as you, as you make progress, the time is going to be devoted to looking at specific market opportunities, doing due diligence, watching walkthrough videos. If you're not in that market, going out and seeing that property, if you are in that market and you invest that time, eventually your confidence level rises. Okay. So make sure you have the time. Next resource, money. What kind of money do I need to become a real estate investor? Lots of different opinions on this. I'm going to give you mine. Have $100,000 or more in the bank and have excess cash flow in your personal life of at least $3,000 a month. Discretionary spending of at least $3,000 a month. Money, you might be putting that in a IRA right now. You might be doing something like building up savings with that right now. Make sure you have a lifestyle buffer where you have an extra $3,000 a month minimum um, and have $100,000 in the bank at least. We can go into more detail on that in our in a future episode when we talk specifically about how to finance the deal and how to analyze the cash flow of the deal. So just put a pin in that. Those are my recommendations. Okay, so we talked about resources. Now let's talk about my, about my more favorite topic, which is mindset. A few different things in mindset here. Again, we're trying to think, are we ready to start investing in real estate? What's the mindset? The mindset is everything. I believe if we have uh, the, the fundamental premise that I try to start with is I'm wrong. Because if I stay hungry and humble and I'm looking for answers and I'm listening to things that people are saying and I'm looking for people that are smarter than me and instead of feeling like my ego competes with their ego, which blinds me to their wisdom, um, if I can stay humble and hungry and I start with the premise that, that I'm wrong, then I can learn more. In, in the mind of the expert, there are few possibilities. In the mind of the beginner, there are many. Get, let's get ourselves to a beginner mindset so that we're open to learning. Now, let's talk about a few mindset things. Expectations, rules for success. So often, we don't succeed in life because we have the wrong expectations for the thing we're pursuing. Here's some examples for real estate. If I expect to get into real estate and have a 20% cash on cash return with excess cash flow of $500 a month or more, that might be the wrong mindset. In fact, looking at ROI, return on investment, might be the wrong metric altogether. Well, why would ROI be the wrong metric altogether, Mark? Because... <laughs> This is a recent realization of mine because actually having the emotional stamina to stay in the asset long enough is the single highest predictor of success in real estate investing. In my opinion, I'm getting a little too in the weeds on this, but what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to illustrate here is that if we have the wrong expectations for success, whether we realize it or not, we're always framing the conditions we have to meet to feel successful. This is true in life. This is true in business, certainly true for investing. And I've seen many investors come into this space and think, I have to get X percent return on my money. Oh, and the property also has to be under five years old. 
oh, and I also have to be able to get this kind of positive cash flow. And, and soon enough, we put so many conditions on this and without questioning them that we've boxed ourselves into a corner and, and there are zero properties that meet our criteria. <laughs> I believe that 95%, uh, 90, well, let's call it 90%, 90% of success in residential re rental investing has to do with getting more exposure to the market, the right market, with the right property management solution, and then staying in it for a very long time. Those three ingredients. And so we need to question the expectations we have coming into real estate investing to find out if they serve us or if they just make it almost impossible for us to execute. So rules for success. One of the big rules for success that we're talking about mindset and expectations right now. Rules for success, cash flow. A lot of investors think, well, I have to get, you know, X dollars per month positive cash flow, or it's not a good deal. I would say disabuse yourself of that notion. Pull away from that. Because some of the best deals might not be positive cash flow day one, but they can accelerate in appreciation and future cash flow. My wife and I, Megan, uh, when we met and she was 26 and I was 23, <laughs> she robbed the cradle. Um, she was under contract to buy a rental property. Single girl in her 20s, very entrepreneurial. I, that was one of the things that attracted me to her. And she had been uh, advised by a friend of hers, smart guy, smarter smarter than I thought he was at the time, now that I have more experience. He advised her, hey, get into this new build community. Well, at the time I thought, wow, you're overpaying. This I could get a, a similar property a mile away for $20,000 less. And the cash flow was a little bit lower. And I thought, wow, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, she did it. And now looking back, we still own that property. 22 years later, it's my favorite rental property because it was in a fantastic location. Yes, we overpaid for a little bit. Yes, the cash flow wasn't as good as some other acquisitions we made later, but the appreciation, the stability of the renters and the rent increases we've experienced for that property set it apart as, um, as our winner. Also, I'm gonna say it also is, gives me more pride of ownership, which might seem silly, but it's okay. Um, go read um, The Psychology of Money, fantastic book. It's okay to love our assets or our investments just enough if it increases our willingness to stick with them long enough to see them through and be successful. So pro tip, that's not a bad thing, to actually like the way the house looks and like the areas in, okay? Let's keep moving through mindset. So expectations, rules for success. Don't get super fixed on rules for success that will block you out of getting into the market. Mark's opinion, 90% of success in this, in this endeavor is getting more exposure to the market without taking unnecessary risks and having the right management and solution in place and just sticking with it. I could have thrown a dart at a map of Phoenix, Arizona 20 years ago and bought the property that was closest to that dart, and today I would look like a genius. It's not rocket science. Okay, next mindset issue. This is getting a little deeper here. 
um, feeling deserving. What does this have to do with real estate? Here's a mindset thing for me. One of the things I've learned that's true for me is that in life, we so often end up where we are comfortable, not where we think we want to be. What does that mean? In life, we so often end up where we are comfortable, not where we think we want to be. When I was 22 years old, I didn't know it at the time. I wanted to have millions of dollars of net worth. In fact, I wrote that down. It was a goal. I told other people about it. I was committed to it. But strangely, I was really uncomfortable around rich people. I don't know if anybody listening to this can relate with this at all. I didn't grow up with a lot of money. And my and in my family, uh, the way we talked about rich people almost made me feel like some of them were scammers and some of it was dirty and some of it was, well, maybe not righteous. I uh, grew up in a very religious household. These mindset issues were holding me back from building wealth and real estate and I didn't even know it. <laughs> this is kind of deeper stuff because I didn't feel comfortable being one of those slimy, scammy, rich people. Didn't even know it. I thought I wanted it, but I wasn't comfortable with it. It wasn't until years later that I formed relationships with rich people and I changed it to, to wealthy people, comfortable people, people that were humble, God-fearing people that also had gobs of money and you wouldn't know it. And guess what? They were able to bless their lives and their families' lives and bless other people's lives with that money. And so I, when I was able to connect those ideas better, it suddenly freed me up to move me toward wealth building more smoothly, more quickly, and feeling like it connected with my identity and I felt like I deserved it. Here's another idea that's related to this. Sorry, this is a little bit ethereal in what we're talking about today. I didn't have the right mindset about relationships way I was raised and the way I thought about business in general is everybody's out to screw me. <laughs> I didn't know I thought that, but it's true. I thought in the back of my mind, if I give people the chance, they're going to take advantage of me in business, period. Take my car to the auto mechanic. He's His fundamental primary desire is, can I get away with, with pulling the wool over this guy's eyes and taking advantage of him? I thought that about almost every interaction with with almost everybody that had to do with money. And it wasn't until much later that I realized that if I find the right people that I can they they that are uh what I now consider trusted partners that they would take care of me because they have the integrity, the honor and the reputation and they sincerely in their heart want to add value to people's lives more than they want to maximize their profits. And guess what? There's a lot of those people out there. This was a complete mindset shift for me. Now I consider myself one of those people. I have a company that provides valuable services. I want to provide those to really good people that, that when they build wealth because they have a relationship with me, will do more good with it. I'm in a position where I can be selective about who I work with. Guess what? When you start building your rockstar team of mortgage broker, property manager, real estate agent, possibly that's the same one, um, you want to find the people that don't need your business. 
They're so good, they don't need your business. But they're so thrilled with the idea of impacting lives for good that if you fit the kind of client they want to serve, you're going to have rare access to superior talent and service, exceptional service and talent. And guess what? After you find them, feed that relationship contribute to that relationship. Don't do what I did and look at that relationship as a transactional relationship where it's my job to get the most I can by giving the least in exchange for it. That scarcity mindset held me back for probably 15 years, prevented me from accessing relationships that I now have that are moving my wealth building and my impact in the world uh, along a much faster trajectory. So feel deserving because you're a good person and because you are going to find people that you can contribute to a transformational partnership relationship instead of this push and pull in this zero sum game transactional mindset relationship. Okay. I know we're talking about our, am I ready? And these are pro tips. These are things that I've learned and I'm still learning, but had I started with these different mindset, the, 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 some of the mindsets that we're talking about today, had I started with them, I would have had a lot fewer bumps and bruises. I would have made me faster. I would have had a lot more fun and enjoyed doing it uh, more. Okay. So trans have the mindset, have the mindset that transformable, transformal, I'm going to say that again, transformational relationships bring the most value and you don't have to worry about getting screwed as much. And um, you can contribute generously to the relationship and get even more out of it. There's an abundance that springs from these relationships. And if you find the right providers, you can access that and they'll help you tremendously. One other quick example on that. Uh, you can you can trade stocks with zero fees or you can pay an experienced stockbroker. If you really find the right stockbroker that can give you really good advice, I don't do this, but I have friends that do this. Um, they can make you way more money than they charge you for transacting your stock trades. Okay. You got to find the right people. We'll talk about that in a future episode. I'm going to talk about my dentist for a moment um, because we're going to illustrate one more mindset issue to round off this episode. The final uh, mindset issue, and it's the most important mindset issue with, you know, am I ready to dive into this uh, investment journey? is thinking long term. Thinking long term is like a blanket that covers everything to do with residential real estate investing, in my opinion. When we stay in the asset long term, we make a lot of money. We avoid transacting and losing all our wealth to buying and selling all the time, right? When we think really long term about relationships, we seek out those transformational relationships that are highest value. When we think long term about things like maintenance costs and investing into the rental property, we spend more money now, but we get a multiplying effect from that over time. When we think long term, we set the right expectations and rules for success around the investment class. You could be flatline for 10 years. I've, I've owned re rental properties that didn't go up in value. In fact, went down in value and it took over 10 years to get back up to what I paid for it. If I had thought I need, if my expectations for success, my rules for success is I need to see gains every year, I might've washed out. Am, am I glad I didn't wash out? Heck yeah, because now those properties are two to three times what I paid for them. 
Thinking long-term is the single most important mindset for getting ready to invest in real estate. Think, uh, I had a friend, what does this mean to me? I had a friend, um, I don't know, he's, I don't call him a friend, but really cool guy that I met when I was a real estate broker selling land. This is a previous professional life I was in, selling land to home builders and developers. And this landowner, he said, you know, I was asked him, hey, this, you have this 50 acres of land, you know, when are you going to sell it? And he's like, you know, that piece, I, I think I'm going to leave it to my grandkids. Blew my mind. Why would anybody be doing anything and in investing and thinking about their grandkids? That kind of long-term mindset served him very well. He made very smart decisions and, and was very wealthy. Uh, my dentist has a mission statement framed on their wall. It says, uh, at Caffel Dental Care, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but here's the premise. We help our patients retain their teeth for their entire lives, if possible. When I read that, it blew my mind. I thought like, oh, wow, is that the goal here? Uh, do some people not retain their teeth their entire life? And I thought, well, probably quite a few. Whoa, should I be thinking long term about my mouth and my dental care uh, in order to retain my teeth? What should I be doing differently? And actually, the fact that they put that mission statement in a frame on their wall in their office, I started flossing more because I thought, heck, yeah, I don't want implants. I don't want to be dealing with tooth decay and pain and and chasing in this thing my whole life. How do I get on top of this? You know, how do I make sure that I do the right care at the right time and the daily routines thinking very long term that will help me retain my teeth for my entire life? So I'm going to leave you with this. Think about, am I ready to invest in real estate? Think about your resources. Think about your mindset. Go in with some kind of a mission statement and have that mission statement think super super long term and uh, you'll be set up for success i'm super excited to be on this journey with you and uh today's episode hopefully these these things help clarify am i ready to dive into this asset class thanks so much again for joining us on dental to rental hopefully this episode provided some value be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes 